0: another Tiki Tuesday talk, super excited to talk cachaça, my second love after my fiance. Um, and, uh, you know, we cursorily touch on it, but we brought on an expert. We're going to go really deep here. What's going on, guys? Hi. Hi. Mauricio, tell us where you are. What's going on? Oh, I'm in Sao Paulo, Brazil,
1: and I'm thrilled to be here at Tiki Tuesdays, and... To talk some about cachaca, it's my
0: second passion also.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're excited to have you, man. And you know, obviously we've we've hung out in various capacities, but I've never seen you go really deep on this level with it. So I'm I'm excited to get that content out. Evan, Thank what's you. happening?
2: Hi, I'm here in Atlanta setting up my bar.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Glad to be here. The fan is calming me. The fan is calming me, you know? What's that? The fan feels good. Yeah. Like you can see the in (laughs) the background. The
2: vibes as much as possible.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Good to see you. Steva, you're in a new location. You got a lot more plants.
2: Yes, I'm in Llamas Plant Emporium located in Denver, (laughs) Colorado. It's really great. Uh, it's a very exclusive speakeasy here, so not in, not everyone and by not everyone, I mean no one gets to come here. So I'm feel very lucky.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love to be there. looks Looks like we should. You should maybe be there every time.
2: I would love that. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> Aaron, what's happening? You're you're on Planet Emporium.
3: Yep, yep, yep. You know, my, me and my steady right here, steady. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? Right on. All right. Excellent.
0: Well, we'll catch up with you guys in a little bit. Uh, we're going to jump into this post haste. Awesome. All right. So uh, as per the usual for you guys who've joined us, so Mauricio Maya, Global Cachaca Ambassador, uh, super excited to have him. Uh, run into them across continents, but really kind of going deep on the category, which is something that's been requested as usual chat box and questions hit us there. Zabby, Facebook, YouTube, please do share the event. We'll do a presentation 30 to 40. We'll have a cocktail session for 10. We'll bring Evan back for the five questions. So Mauricio, just to give a little background, um, the topic, What the Hell is Cachaca?, which is hilarious and also something <laughs> that I answer on a, answer on a daily basis. Um, so, specialist in the category consultant, sommelier, uh W said educator, member of the American Distillers Institute. Uh, he has his own blog at Polydar Magazine um, and the first spirits specialized blog of Brazil. Uh, researcher, teacher for more than 25 years, one of the most requested speakers about cachaça in the world, Um, an avid curious taster by nature, has cataloged more than 600 brands of the 5,000 plus. So you still got some work to do, man. You know, Um, (laughs) always seeking to share information and knowledge acquired during his travels. Uh, One of the leading experts in cachaça. So we're super excited to have him. And this is a lot of content that, frankly, it's difficult to get out in English. A lot of people ask us about this stuff. You know, we, myself and Nate, my partner on ABWA, you know, have really been trying to get education out on the category for quite some time, uh, but really excited to have you here. So with that, let's transfer to your presentation here.
1: And uh, take it
0: away, sir.
1: Okay, no, so it's, uh, very nice to be here and to talk uh, about cachaça. And when I started to give classes about cachaça uh, abroad, worldwide, uh, I noticed that very few people really know what is cachaça. And so I started to tell them, what the hell is cachaça? Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, most people think cachaça uh, is a rum. In a sort of way, it may be, but it's not. Cachaça it's uh, older than rum. Cachaça was the first spirits in Americas. Uh, we, we will see a timeline in the presentation, and so you can understand that because uh, the sugar cane arrived in Brazil in the 16th century about 100, uh, 1506, 12, 16. Brazil was discovered in 1500 and but when I started to talk I think um, we need to know the story and um, as you said there is a very few uh, educational material about cachaça and very few historic documents about it and so it, it all this material I take a lot of years of research and taking some information there and over there some history that you go to talk to old people and uh, with the oral tradition of cachaça but very few books um, most of the books talk more about the same, more focus on the production and the techniques. And I focus my work in the history of cachaça. And so that I say from where it comes and where does it goes, um, how I see the future of cachaça, how I see the use of cachaça in the modern mixology. and, And I think this is important. And to understand that, I need to understand uh, the raw material, the sugar cane, and the sugar cane. It's not original from Brazil. It's not original from the Caribbean. It's one from. Uh, it comes from New Guinea, from Papua Island, and it was not used as food. It was just uh, plants that you put in, in your garden and starting. And it just started to be used uh, as a food when it arrives in India. And so she goes to Indonesia, to China, and it arrived in India. And it was in India that they started to crush the cane and see that the, the juice of the sugar cane were very sweet. Because at the time, the only font uh, the only way to get uh, sweetness is were from honey and then they discovered the, the sugarcane juice. And so uh, the Persians comes to India and take the sugarcane and the techniques of making sugar to the Middle East. And after that, with the Muslim expansions, the sugarcane and the sugar arrived in Europe, in the Mediterranean, Spain, Portugal, and after arriving in Spain, Portugal, they bring the sugarcane to Americas because I don't know if most people knows, uh, but to have sugar, you need a lot of sugarcane. You you really need a lot of sugarcane, and they was searching to land to plant the sugar cane and make big sugar factories. So they came to Brazil and and started to make it because the sugar was expensive and very hard. And it was only produced in India. Uh, And in Europe, they have a company, the Western Indian Company that had the monopoly of the commercialization of the sugar cane so only kings and nobles uh have conditions to to eat sugar just to to have an idea uh one gram of sugar at the time uh was worth about 300 dollars today and wow. it's it's a lot of money it, it's, <laughs> yeah it's a lot of money to, to put five grams of sugar in a coffee. Can you imagine that? It's
0: a lot of money. And so they More see... More expensive the, than Starbucks. You think Starbucks is expensive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wow. a, a lot. And so they, they saw in the sugar an opportunity to, to make a lot of money because uh, Spain and also Portugal, they are... A little broke at the time, and so they need gold, and they saw an opportunity to to bring sugar and earn this gold. And so the the first uh, arrival of sugarcane was uh, with Columbus uh, when he ar- arrives in America, and they started to grow sugarcane in the Caribbean at the Dominican Republic, but. Just a few years later, he finds gold and he finds a lot of silver and they abandon the plantations. And that's where, when Portugal sees an opportunity and send Pedro Álvares Cabral to uh, supposedly discover Brazil. And in 1500, he arrives here and started new small village at the northeast region of the country. And they saw that the climate and the soil here were wonderful to grow sugarcane. And 30 years later, they sent another guy, Martin Afonso de Souza, uh, with a big expedition with more than 400 people uh, to real co- colonize uh, the coast of Brazil and to start uh, the sugarcane and the sugar industry here. And so the first statement of sugarcane produced in Brazil it was in 1516, uh, 1516 in Itamaraca Island, in Pernambuco, in the Northeast region, and the first export of sugar from Brazil to Portugal was in 1526, uh, 10 years later. But the first real sugar mill in Brazil was Engenho São Jorge dos Erasmus, it's dated from 1532 and it's located in São Vicente, it's the coast region, south coast of São Paulo state, so it's here near from São Paulo, it's about one hour by car and there are remains and they are studying these remains until today and so I'm talking about the sugar cane, and, but what about cachaça? At the time, they don't have interest in produce cachaça because cachaça is made from the fresh, fresh sugar cane juice. And so when you, you make cachaça, you can't make sugar. And they had all the focus on sugar because remember, it costs about $300 a gram and it's a lot of money. The first statements of producing cachaça and selling cachaça is just uh, after the 17th century. It takes yeah, a long time. It's really
0: interesting. Um, so Dave Wundrich, who uh, I'm sure you've encountered in your travels to some degree, put together yeah. some research for us as well, and, and it is so hard to find yeah. a lot of this information, right? It's kind of casually mentioned, or there's some remnants, but the record keeping wasn't very good, unfortunately. Um, and and it's also interesting as well that, you know, the that cane is is not indigenous to the Western Hemisphere at all, but no. obviously well suited, right? So I think yeah. people think about it that way. But it, it had an interesting journey to get here, right? Um, yeah,
1: long journey. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And the cachaça just started um, to uh, make more space when the sugarcane industry comes to a decline because in 1690, they find gold here in Minas Gerais. In 17th, they, the 100 Caribbean uh, sugar production started again and they started to produce uh, sugar cane from other uh, raw material in Europe like beets and, yeah. Yeah, and it makes the, the price of sugarcane fall a lot and so okay let's uh, do cachaça and the cachaça um, the, it's something historical that we still uh, have a debt to pay because cachaça uh, grows the sugarcane also grows with the slave labor and we need we have adapted with that a social debt and historic debt and cultural debt to to keep up with them um, the the cachaça was fit for the slaves in the time and started to be attractive for the simple people and it was cheap for the farmers because Portugal needs us to consume their produce they, they bring their wine they bring the bagaceira, uh, they bring the, the porto to here, but it was very expensive. And cachaça was cheap for the farmers. And so
0: yeah.
1: it, it st- the, the
0: consumption
1: of cachaça start to grow.
0: And, and bagaceira, so it, it's kind of like a brandy, right? Like a Portuguese brandy, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's from the bagas, from the grapes uh, after yeah. the, the wine production. They, they made a second fermentation and distilled this, yeah. this wine. And so this is the timeline that I said. Uh, we have the cachaça that started between 1516 uh, and 1532. And after that, we have the pisco. Uh, after that, tequila. And just after that, we have uh, the first uh, documents of room production, because it's, it's something that interesting. Uh, the Dutch uh, occupied part of the, the northeast region, Brazil, in Pernambuco. And what they do in Pernambuco? They plant sugarcane, produce sugar, and produce a an spirit based on the molasses of the sugarcane, because they will not use the fresh juice. And in 1647, between 1651, there was a, a war here, and the Dutch were expelled from Brazil. And so they, they, they run from Brazil and they go to the Caribbean. And what they did in Caribbean, they plant sugarcane, they produce sugar, and they started to produce rum and and when you see the the dates of the when brazilians expelled the dutch from here and then when they started uh to produce rum in caribbean it's it's it matches yeah
0: and mauricio is it is it barbados the primary landing spot for them at this time
1: oh yeah the, the, i think it's the 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 dutch part of the Caribbean, the Caribbean and in Jamaica also yeah. with the English right. and I think everything started in a period of 10-15 years at yeah. the same time because 10-15 years at this time we were nothing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we're nothing. Today we talk about 10 years, oh it's a lot of time. At the, at the time it was nothing um uh, yeah. just just the trip uh the journey between portugal and brazil take 3 months yeah, yeah. so because that, that, that there were no no motorboats sure. just just with sails depending in the wine, the the wind and sometimes sometimes they they stay stopped in the middle of the ocean for more <laughs> than a month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, in the 20th century, uh, 21st now, uh, the cachaça starts, uh, I, I can say a new phase and have a new image of the the. the In the product, the the Avwa is an example of this. You have an exclusive bottle, a top design bottle, because until now, uh, we use reused bottles of uh, beer and plain bottles, everything used the same bottle. And from 15 years, 20 years to now, they started to, to uh, have more preoccupation with the quality and the design and to really promote cachaça. And we have uh, in 200, 205 the Brazilian year in France. It mm-hmm. was just one whole year of cultural activities of the Brazilian culture in France. and. Cachaça became trendy and become cool. Caipirinha was the drink of the European summer. <laughs> and just after that, wallpaper mag uh, called Caipirinha the, ha- the hottest drink of the century. <laughs> and and in 20, uh, 2012, uh, Brazil and United States signed a commercial settlement with the recognition of the cachaça as an appellation exclusive for the spirit produced in Brazil. Because until now, cachaça in the North American market was Brazilian rum. And in exchange of that, the Brazil recognized bourbon as the exclusive American whiskey. To be called bourbon in Brazil, just the whiskey produced in the United States and it makes a lot of difference because uh, the exportations of cachaça uh, to United States grows a lot after that. So uh, I'm talking about exports and market let's see uh, a few numbers because the the, um, the numbers of cachaça are huge, huge. It's very impressive that we have about uh, 200, uh, the numbers were misplaced, but 2000 producers now, uh, about in Brazil, register uh, in the Ministry of Agriculture because we have uh, m- more than 20. Thousand producers, but most of them are irregular and just produce for their own consumption. Cachaça uh, makes more than six thousand direct and indirect jobs, and we have a, a capacity of production of one point two billion liters a year. Amazing! It's, it's a lot of a lot of spirits. Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: How much of that do you drink on a yearly basis
2: yourself?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a small crazy. fraction,
1: I, I, I can <laughs> say small fraction. But it, the, this volume makes the cachaça one of the four most consumed spirits worldwide. It's, it's really impressive. I, I think just consumed more than cachaça is vodka. Uh, is sochu and baiju in China because anything we say about China, it's huge, it's a million billions, it's huge. And today, cachaça is exported more than uh, 50 countries. But even with this number, we just export about 1% of all the volume of cachaça that we produce it's it's a v- very uh, a, it's very very low the numbers just to make a um, comparison uh, tequila export more than 50 percent of the production. the scotch whisk exports almost 18 percent of the production and we are, Struggling to export one percent.
0: We're trying, man. We're trying to yeah. have,
1: <laughs> we're doing <Yeah>. our part. <laughs>
0: I know that.
1: <laughs> and so, what made uh, we can see here in the chart in yellow, we have a lot of sugarcane spirits around the world more than cachaça and rum. And what makes cachaça? Uh, so different and unique. How, it, how, how is it made cachaça? Be- why it's different? So, uh, the producer of cachaça starts obviously with the sugar cane. All of the sugar cane used to produce artisanal cachaça like Avoa, had a manual cut. And so, th- every single cane is cut uh, by a an instrument that looks like a machete. It's a machete, cut it by a machete and crushed within 24 hours after the cut. We can't allow the sugarcane wait more than 24 hours uh, to extract the juice. And so we take just the fresh juice of the sugarcane and uh, let them to fermentation. The, in the fermentation, obviously the, you have the yeast that will uh, convert the sugar in ethanol, in alcohol, but some producers still using wild yeast, it's a wild fermentation, and some producers started to use uh, the selected yeast of the, their own farm because we have yeast and organisms all around us and but they started to select the one that was in the sugar cane but uh, they started to make it just this yeast not all wild yeast and so we make the wine and take the wine for distilling the distillations we have uh, the pot stills cachaça, the artisanal cachaça, and the column stills, the industrial cachaça. I, I don't even waste a lot of time talking about <laughs> column steel cachaça. Because uh, it's really... Uh, not that it's uh, bad, but it's not so good. It's not the best expression that right. we have uh, of cachaça. And I think the same thing occurs in the major spirits, uh, but in the pot still who, who, that made uh, a more complex spirit, uh, it's one um, motive for that, because the cachaça is one of the few spirits in the world that have just one distillation in pot stills. Yeah. Our other spirits, Uh, that we have with pot distillation, are distilled at least twice. And every time we distill a spirit, it started to become more neutral, like a column still spirit. And and so that's the reason that cachaça is so flavorful and so complex, it's distilled just one time.
0: Yeah, there's often when we're sharing the product with people, you know, around the world, they're very surprised by the single distillation component. Um, it's it's pretty foreign to, to most things. Uh, yeah. There are a few categories, but yeah, very rare.
1: I think just, uh, uh, I think the Peruvian Pisco is single distiller. And I really can't, can't remember another spirit that has mm. only one distillation. And so, uh, another thing that's very interesting is that cachaça uh, when it's white silver you can drink uh, just before it comes from the, the pot still. You don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. You can just distill and put it in a bottle, but most of, of producers producers uh, let the cachaça rest some time even in, in uh, stainless steel tanks or old wood barrels and and some producers let the cachaça to age uh, and and when we talk about aged cachaça i think it's the the great differential of the spirit because all the spirits in the world, when we talk about aging, we talk about oak. Bourbon is oak, scotch whiskey, tequila, cognac, armagnac, all spirits aged, spirits are aged in oak, and cachaça uh, is not. Okay, we have a very nice cachaça aged in oak barrels, but we have more than 36 different Brazilian woods that we use to age cachaça. And that makes um, very singular and very different patterns of uh, aromas and tastes, e- each wood that we use. Avoir uh, have some of them. Yeah, Some of them are still hair, like, like the Pinot is uh, a hair wood even here in Brazil. Yeah.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, I remember when we poured that for you. The Tapinoa yeah. recommissioned barrel. Our distiller's father used to use it decades ago and we broke it down and rebuilt it. And it's a really phenomenal, interesting flavor profile. Yeah, we have Amburana that is
1: already famous. <laughs> 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 and and ambura- Amburana, it's, it's a really uh, nice, An easy uh, wood to to drink. It has a very uh, comfortable uh, flavor, uh, palette of flavors with cinnamon, clove, and other spices. And and the the wonderful thing is, it's not added spices at the rest. It's just from the wood, just from the barrel. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it, it it's always amazing to taste someone on Ambarana for the first time who's never had it, and they're really just shocked that it's it's simply the wood in the base of of pratas you have there, simply the wood having this amazing impact on flavor. Yeah, and so this
1: is more or less the 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 image of the 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 organogram of the production. We have the sugar cane. You have the fermented must, the pot steels, and the column steels, and we have the aid, the storage, or aging, or bottling. It's, it's more simple to, to understand that.
0: And I think what's amazing is it's just still such a simple process, right? Yeah. You're it's, literally taking the cane, cutting it, pressing it, fermenting it, distilling it
1: yeah gotcha. I, 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 I used to say when you the, when you cut uh, the first sugarcane, you just start stop uh, when you have the the ready cachasa. The, 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 the process don't stop. We cut within 24 hours we crush and ferment. after another 24 hours we take the distillation and after another three hours you have the cachaça ready. Or for bottling or for aging. Yep. It's a no, non stop production. And, and, and the sugarcane harvest here in Brazil uh, take about five to six months. It started uh, last May and we, it will occur until no, September, October. Yep. Some regions uh, have a delay, they started in June and go through. December, but it's about five to six months, the harvest. Yep. And uh, we have a regulation here uh, to age the sugar cane. Uh, and, and this regulation is confused even for Brazilians. <laughs> it's hard It's hard uh, to, to, to explain. How I can call a cachaça aged if I I can use fifty percent of kashasa that's not aged, right. right? To make a to make a cut, uh, we are in a process to change this regulation uh, right. to make it more simple uh, because everything that is more simple it's uh, better understandable by the market. And better control. Yeah.
0: For us, we we only have aged or not aged. We don't do blend. And and I think for the market outside of Brazil, it's a very confusing concept. Yeah. To have a portion with age and a portion with not blended together. It's a it's a little it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah.
1: And the most important that cachaça is only made of the fresh sugarcane juice and cachaça is just made in Brazil. You will never uh, heard about uh, cachaça distilled in Germany. It's don't, don't exist. Mm. It's just made from the fresh sugarcane juice and just made in Brazil. It's I think that it's the most important thing to, to to, how can I say, to keep talking. Yep. So we have the, the distillations uh, in potstills. Uh, as you said, Pete, it's a very simple uh, process. And when distilling, we have the, the three fraction separations uh, as we had in other spirits too, with the heads, the hearts, and the tails. And that's important because we just use the heart of the spirit, and that's what makes uh, so fragrant, so uh, complex, and how can I say, it's so good in the the in the day after. <laughs> For sure, so we, yeah, we have a lot of um substance in the heads and tails that we need to take off, uh, the production, take off from the, the, the distilling and it's easy to do because each, uh, substance we know, uh, at what temperature it boils. And so when the, the, the processing at that temperature, you just take it off. Because we know that with five, uh, 65 degrees, we have the methanol. And so when the cachaça is distilling at 55 degrees, we just take it off. So it's this more of the same. And it's an example. And when you are controlling the temperature and the, the alcohol volume, we have the separations here. In the small uh, temp, we have the, the Heads and tails, and in the large one we have the heads, uh, the hearts, and so we have the the aging of the, that we can make in two hundred liters barrels, or in stainless steel tanks, or even uh, we can use uh, very large, very huge. Barrels of more than fifty thousand liters, ten thousand liters, almost times sometimes more than thirty thousand liters. They are very huge barrels, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and here you can see all the Brazilian woods that we use to age cachaca. And it's interesting to know that uh, some woods have three four even five different names that uh <laughs> varies in in the, the uh, with the region of the country can you you take here balsamo balsamo uh it's in some regions uh, like the south of the country
0: is called cabriuva yeah and and but it's the same wood and then even even nuances between types of amburana, for example, that yield a different yeah. profile. It's amazing, huh?
1: Yeah, amb- amburana. It's uh, spelled with all vowels: amburana, emburana, imburana, imburana, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's it's the same word.
0: <laughs> There's actually a question, Mauricio. Uh, so for two, two different things. One is, are the varietals of sugarcane used to produce cachaça the same or different from those used to make rum in the Caribbean?
1: Uh, nowadays, it's different uh, yeah. because all the species. Uh, very few producers here in Brazil is still uh, working with indigenous sugarcane. Uh, they they started to cross over two or right. three species uh, such, um, yeah. to have more production to have uh, a more resistant uh, sugarcane for plagues and fungus uh, because one thing we we need to 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 talk that the process of the production of the cachaça is almost organic because um, they don't use uh, chemicals in the sugarcane fields. It's just natural uh, plague control, uh, natural uh, fumigation, and they don't use chemicals. And and so they started to cross uh, the varieties uh, to have a more resistant sugar cane.
0: Yep. The other the other question here, and I believe this relates to percentages of heads, hearts, tails. Uh, what are the percentages of the three fractions? Like roughly, and I know it varies, but heads versus hearts versus tails so on the general.
1: Basis. Uh, reds, uh, heads are about 10%, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and tails about 20 uh, 18 20 percent of the, the the whole volume we just have only 70 80 percent of hearts yep sounds right to me
0: perfect let's get back to woods
1: yeah and so as i said it's more than 38 uh, difference of three listed uh from all the country and one other thing interesting uh just all of these woods are almost off the, from the Mata Atlántica, the Atlantic forest that is in the seashore of the country, and just one are from uh, the Amazon forest, that is the Castanheira.
0: Yeah. But that's we know great, that's a good point to make to people who are asking about those those types of yeah yeah.
1: yeah Uh some, some uh, species of these trees are protected, and so who had the barrel had, uh, but you can't find it anymore. In the markets like Tapinoa, you, you don't find it anymore to buy because the, the, this tree is protected.
0: Yeah, because yeah. so for example, as I mentioned, with Tapinoa, it's a uh, recommissioned barrel. The only reason we have that barrel is because we have the barrel for decades. Yeah, reuse the wood that's already been used. But yeah, that's a great yeah. example. Yep. And we start
1: to, to look for uh, the producers that they they need uh, just to use legal wood from reforestation or for plantations. That this is a
0: great have. chart. I haven't seen this, and I was I, my gut was that. Oak Cavallo in this example was the was the the biggest, and then I was Baran yeah. and Balsamo. It's interesting to see, see Jack as a second, but yeah, this is Yeah, this is me. My anecdotal, just from being at uh, at cachaça bars, <laughs> it was pretty close. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's very close because uh, here in Brazil, we we use a, a lot of second-hand uh, malt whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. Because for decades, for a long time, uh, during the military, uh, in the government, uh, the import of anything was forbidden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And so uh, we need the, the, the import of manufactured products. We, we didn't have imported cars or imported spirits, uh, all must be produced here. but we uh, could import raw material and so we import uh, scotch malt from Scotland and this malt came into barrels and so uh, they use, the industry used the malts and they sell the barrels in the market and it was cheap barrels and the, a lot of small producers of cachaça started to use this second-hand, third-hand barrel. Uh, that's why we ha- uh, we still have a lot
0: of ca- cachaça aged in Carvalho. Some really old oak as well. <laughs> yeah. Some of those barrels sir they've seen some days. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we have th- this, each one of this barrel has 10,000 uh, liters and if you see one of them, have the numbers right, just in the the, the wall of the barrel, they they have the full capacity of ten thousand liters, and it is with seven thousand and four hundred and seventy three liters. Yeah, it, it's a lot of cachaça.
0: Yeah, we the biggest we use at Avoir, it's five thousand liters but they're yeah. still massive. I mean, I tell people there's a ladder, it's 15 feet tall, you know, I mean, it, it's so big, it's it's hard to comprehend when you think about 55 gallon barrels of whiskey or, or wine and compare that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very, I, I think this barrel says about uh, three meters high, 10 feet. Yeah, yeah. And the, this one in the right, the the this in the left too, we have the the whiskey barrels, yeah, fifty gallons. But in 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 the right we have the seven hundred liters. Uh, I think these these are Amburana, and they, and they put it um, in, in another shape. That is very interesting. That thing that we do here also. And so we have the the most principal woods uh, like balsamo and burana. Uh, that's what I say. And burana have uh, a very smooth finish. The the spirit comes out on the barrel. real, real, real smooth, uh, and have these spices, cinnamon, coconut. Uh, if the barrel have uh, fire treatment. It comes with a little of tobacco. It's yeah. it's a very, very interesting one. We have the amendoim, the jiquitiba. Jiquitiba is the second uh, most used barrel because it changes uh, very little the spirit. Yeah, it's very subtle. It's
0: very subtle. It's very you subtle. one of these. Yeah, yeah. Amendoim, it's, it's peanut, yeah? Yeah, I mean doing peanut. but yeah. it's not the They're peanut right.
1: uh, that we eat. The peanut, right. it's a, a a tree that has the same name. Yeah, and and and, and a very hard wood. Yeah, and and hair too. That's and so we we have uh, these uh, flavor charts with. Uh, toasted in brown and uh, untoasted barrels in green and you see that uh, an untoasted amburana have a lot of vanilla. When you toast it, it comes from less than than the half uh, intensity of flavors. And on the other hand, we increase the nuts Mm. when you use fire to toast the barrels each occurs in our woods the difference in between untoasted and toasted barrels yeah we, and, we don't we don't toast our native wood barrels only the oak yeah right. because uh, it was one thing that we started about uh, 15 10 to 15 years uh, because we don't, don't have the culture to to toast the barrels also the the brazilian woods yeah And so it's a a little aroma wheel, but this one is in Portuguese, (laughs) unfortunately, but it was a good idea to translate that. For sure. And for the last and not least, we have uh, um, what we call regionalism, but in the beverage industry says it's like terroir because uh, we have very different uh, climates, conditions, types of soil in each region of the country and all these these factors make different cachaça. Uh, I I used to say if you have two cachaças you will never have to equal cachaças yeah because each
0: cachaça is different from one another even even a couple hours away from where we produce in rio state it's different the unaged cachaça it's amazing it's really amazing yeah and in
1: brazil we have uh some official uh regions that have a doc uh a controlled, uh, origin. That was Paraty, in Rio de Janeiro, A Bahia, a Bahira in Bahia, uh, Salinas, in Minas Gerais, and Rio Grande do Sul, that is in process, it's non-official yet, and the, the country south of Sao Paulo, that's also non-official yet, uh, like a dog of cachaça. So we have the Rio de Janeiro region, where uh, Otherwise, produce produced. We have the, the climate is tropical with summer rains. And so in the summer is very hot, uh, but in the winter is not very cold. And so we, we, we don't have a, 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 a huge distinction, thermal distinction between the seasons. So we have a Baira in Bahia, Salinas in Minas Gerais that is almost in in Bahia, it's more uh, close to Bahia than to to Rio and Sao Paulo and the south uh, region of the the, the country in Rio Grande do Sul that were I think it's the only region in the country where you have real cold. Yeah, that's right.
0: And how does that impact the cachaça? Mm. Uh, it's, they
1: use it to have uh, some techniques to control the fermentation, mm. because it, if it's too cold, uh, the yeast don't, don't work, Yeah, yep. don't act, and if it's too hot, they die. Yeah. And so they need to, to to have a temperature control in the fermentation to have all running well and don't have any contamination. And the São Paulo that today is the biggest uh, producer of cachaça, unfortunately, of industrial ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yep. So that's all about cachaça uh, uh, for history
0: and regions uh here's another question a technical one on distillation given pot single distillation is 90 proof pushing up against full proof of the still or might we expect to see 100 proof and up at some point
1: no uh the average um proof of the 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 cachaça in the single distillation it's about 56 percent of volume of alcohol Uh, with some modern uh, pot steels we can reach about 60 yeah in one single distillation
0: yeah so for us uh, our still strength which is actually right here it's uh, it's 90 proof this is the maximum we can produce at at Daquinta where our our master yeah yeah that's the maximum we, we could produce that said There are others that I've seen uh, that are over 50 percent for sure, right? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen some of that.
1: Yeah, with 50 uh, percent uh, of alcohol, 52 uh, is the I think is the safe uh, graduation. We can go even more than that, but. to have a sixty-five percent, we the producer will need to allow some heads to go. Yeah, right. In, in, in the final distillation, and that's it's not so good.
0: Right. Correct. Uh, another question here. Aside from the name and place of production, please give your opinion on the differences between Kishasa and Claren from Haiti. Hmm.
1: One of the most uh, difference, I think, is the fermentation. Yeah, Uh, The fermentation of cachaça, as I said, it takes in the maximum uh, 24 hours. The average is 18 hours. And the clarins uh, takes two or three days to ferment. And when you take so long time to ferment, you allow uh, other uh, microbes to get it in the must, and to take some uh, action and produce some elements that will change the final flavor of the spirit. Uh, I can't say if it's uh,
0: bad or good, but it's different. Different. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it, for sure. Um, A question here. How similar is Cachaça's Gauchas to the Cáneas in Argentina and Paraguay?
1: Mm. The Kanya, uh in Argentina and Paraguay, uh, they are uh, with a little less, and the Aguardiente in Colombia also, uh, it's with about 25-22% of alcohol. Uh, much lower. yeah Yeah. Much lower. They are they're very much lower.
0: Great. Well, it's been amazing man i'm going to show a video if you don't mind to give a little context for ava so i can get this going here
1: let me start uh, stop the
0: the the sharing yeah let's see if it's going to work properly i think this is the first time i've done this okay i think it's working now
3: My friend Martin Kate always says sugarcane is the magical grass. And it's true. It can be something that you can have food out of, or drinks out of, it's something you can give to animals, it's something has so many uses. So cachaça is
0: made from fresh-pressed, cut, fermented and distilled cane. Cachaça itself is earthier, it's drier, it has very much a sense of place. And the process is so historical and been done this way for so long. Cachaça is one of the earliest spirits in the New World, maybe the earliest. It's very impressive to have this process and still be able to produce decent quantities with great quality. The beauty is in the simplicity, I think. Mineral water flows down and powers a water wheel that powers the crusher, that churns the cane. There's a fermentation for 24 hours with airborne yeast, so ambient, naturally found yeast. The spent cane, the bagasse, fires the still, and the rest is gravity fed. So there's no electricity used in this process. And then there's a single distillation in an alembic pot still. We then put that cachaça into different vessels. For the prata, the unaged, it goes into stainless steel to rest and to solidify.
3: If you go to the area where Abois is made, it's in a massive forest with thousands and thousands of different species of plants. And many of them, they've used for hundreds of years at this point to age this spirit in. And so today there's 30 different types of woods they use to age cachaça. And they taste so different. Cachaça is aged in
0: 30 plus types of wood. So we have French oak, which was kind of the first type, but then many native woods that we work with, including Ambarana, Balsamo, Jacachibahosa, and Tapinoa. And these barrels have really unique flavor profiles to them. They are larger, 3,000, 5,000 liter barrels with no toasting or charring. So they impart this truly unique flavor to the
3: cachaça. The woods give a sense of place, which is unique. Some of these trees, which make the barrels, which have the disc lit, which go into someone's glass, have historically come from the farm where they produce abwa. So when you start to taste through these things, that to me is the magical world of cachaça. (laughs)
0: So the farm is a magical place, it's incredibly beautiful, very remote. Joining us on this trip are a few key bartenders, bar directors, or owners uh, of some places in the U.S. and then some rum enthusiasts. We are right now in the middle of the mountains in Brazil. Uh, We're in the farm and distillery that actually makes avoa cachaça.
3: What's nice to see in a real proper artisanal cachaça setup is that techniques were created hundreds and hundreds of years ago that are actually just as smart and logical today. For example, just designing your distillery to take as much advantage of gravity as possible. Cane press on the highest level, fermentation on the next level down, distillation on the next level down, so you're minimizing energy usage. Start by tasting a neat enjoy it because it really helps capture the essence of the raw material. It really captures the wonderful vibrancy and grassiness. And fresh, fresh sweetness of sugar cane. And
0: I think Kshasta brings that. It brings like this green earthiness terroir to, to a spirit that is something new and I think at this time and age is something that's really exciting. We really like to think about each mark as different. So, The Prata versus the Ambarana versus the Balsamo, they express themselves so differently in cocktails. I really like to have people try them in classic cocktails. A Prata with a Negroni is an unexpected but really interesting profile. Ambarana in a Manhattan. Again, it works, but it plays differently. Balsamo in a Last Word or a Gin-style cocktail. So our mission is encouraging people to think beyond this one drink that everyone knows, to start by playing with classics and go from there, and to really understand how it can perform. I definitely see the cachaça as as a key component on
2: cocktails when it comes to complexity, depth, and uh, all
0: different notes. Also in exploring all the different notes, like the Ambarana um, is probably one of the products that we use the most. It's this indigenous wood uh, from Brazil that has almost like a dusty, cinnamony, slightly vanilla quality to it. It's almost like a cocktail on a glass.
3: And getting that experience is if you're on the farm in Carmo, in Rio de Janeiro, like just eating a piece of cane. And that's something that, yeah, it's, it, you might be sitting in New York, you might be sitting in Chicago, you might be sitting in Mitte in Berlin, and you're gonna have the same experience. This magic grass in one little dose. And help express what this little slice of Brazilianness, of Brasilidade for the world.
0: oh thanks for indulging me on that it's a very a very
1: nice place very beautiful region yeah where is the farming situation
0: for sure for sure um yeah i'm really always happy to show that because i think it's just it's nice it's great to hear the context but it's also really nice to just see it see how beautiful it is these places right so just really quickly i know there's some more questions which is great love the questions guys um, so Nate and myself, we traveled down in 2014, or sorry, 2011 to taste over 400 different cachaças, different regions. we mentioned some of them, Rio estate, Miniaturized, Sao Paulo. We snuck 50 bottles back in a suitcase. <laughs> 47 made it. We blind tasted those with bartender friends in New York we were based at the time. And we fell in love with this one, which is produced by Katya. Espiritu Santo, who's our master distiller, uh, you saw her in the video. Everything is produced there. All the cane is grown on the farm. I'll, I'll go a bit into the process really quick. I think you saw it. But cane is cut and pressed within 12 hours. Um, spring water flows down. It powers that water wheel that powers the crusher. The spent cane fires the still and the rest is gravity fit. So uh, nothing else there. Um, airborne yeast fermented for 24 hours, single distilled in an alembic pot still, and then aged or rested as we talked about. Um, we talked about the range. We have many, we actually have a couple of experiments coming. Two unaged protets at 84 proof, still strength at 90. We have a French oak, and then a number of native wood expressions, including Ambarana Baltimore, Jacachibahosa, Tapinoa, um, And then the brand is kind of rooted in fifties and sixties Rio, kind of when the world discovered Brazil, the package was inspired by architecture of that era. Uh, so you see that in kind of the unique design aspects here that you guys have seen. So, you know, really our mission is to, to help get the word out on this amazing category by working with a phenomenal producer out there, uh, to, to get there. Um, so with that said, I think you have a drink that you're gonna make quickly over here, sir? Oh, we can. It's a drink that we are starting uh,
1: to call it uh, the new Brazilian classic, Uh, the drink that goes beyond caipirinha. And it's a simple drink. It's simple uh, to make because you just need white cachaça that we use avois. And so we have 45 milliliters, 45 ml, And so, we have uh, 25 of simple syrup. 20 of lime juice. I just put direct, that's only 20 here. And we use 7 milliliters of... Uh, Fernet Branca. Lovely. And a lot of ice. And shake it. Yeah! (laughs) <laughs> and I'm using uh, old-fashioned glass yep. and just pour it uh, I used to drink without ice but if you like you can put ice in the glass too nice man it's very simple any anybody uh, can make it home and sometimes it's difficult to get the Fernet, but you can uh, change the Fernet f- f- with any other Amaro.
0: It's easy here, it's Yeah, easy here in the US and Europe, I'm sure. So that's amazing, man. I can't wait to have one. I'll have to make one later. Uh, stick with us. We're going to go to our questions. Uh, with the Tiki alumni, Evan. We're gonna pop her on, I know she needs to get to work. And then we have a few more for you, Mauricio. So we'll be right back. All right. Hello. Hi, I'm walking
2: around my restaurant,
0: sorry. You're good, you're good. We're just gonna go hard-hitting with these questions. All right. Describe Wildwood. Describe Wildwood.
2: Wildwood is like if the 1950s has been updated with the Tiki flare, pretty
0: much. <laughs> there you go, nice, nice. Favorite Tiki by the Sea memory?
2: Ooh, I have two. It's when we all went to the boardwalk and uh, I got to shoot things at, um, on the water. That was fun. <laughs> that and uh, the pool party on the last day. That was really fun.
0: Nice. The weather was gorgeous. Nice. Um, weirdest experience in Wildwood, weirdest?
2: Weirdest. i say, I know I'd seen it before, but the monkey shoulder uh, cement mixer always throws me off. <laughs> it's so <laughs> huge.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That is pretty weird. Favorite meal, not Bay Bye Bye Dad. <laughs>
2: Ooh. Oh, think no. no, no. um, your dad made really good food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it to him. All right, what's yeah, going on at Tell the in uh, <laughs> Atlanta?
2: So my restaurant is called uh, Watchman's. And uh, we just got rated one of the top bars by Esquire. So we've been picking up, super busy uh thank you getting back to kind of almost normal on our like our rum selection pashasha selection and all that um, um so it's kind of back to normal everything's like holding um and all that so it's been a, a weird experience with covid
0: yeah I, I think that's pretty fair but glad to hear that excited to check it out steva yes. what i missed
2: um, Well, I love Watchman's and I'm so sorry that I didn't get to see it when I was there last week. Um, mm. Sister restaurant, to Kimball House, which is my favorite place in the whole world. Um, awesome. I think uh, the only thing is next, what we talk about for next time.
0: All right, cool. Hold on. We got to get Mauricio back. Evan, Thanks, I'll let Evan. you you know, need to get to work. Great to see you. Thanks for sticking oh. with us. Mauricio. Hey, hey! Two more questions, I think. One is, why does fermentation take such a short time? So uh,
1: the most uh, the principal reason is the control of the process. Uh, even if it's wild fermentation, uh, the producers use it to have a pure, uh, filtered sugarcane juice uh when you see with the decantation and and this juice is very rich in sugar and so uh we have um, how can i say perfect conditions with the the juice and the ambient that is all isolated we don't have windows we don't have uh, any insects in the, in the in the fermentation room it's very controlled and so they yeast just to go there, eat the sugar and sleep. get and, to
0: business and get out there you go and get out And so it's very <laughs> very
1: very quickly. Perfect.
0: One last question here. what is the influence of terroir in the different cachaça regions?
1: Oh it, it's a lot of difference. Yeah. Because I was in Avoa, you are in the mountains. You are in uh, uh medium to high altitude in yeah. the farm. Yeah. And it's different from the sugar cane that grows there. Uh, even if I take the same species and plant it here in Sao Paulo, uh, it will be different. 100%. Because the soil is different, the climate is different, uh, the, the yeast will be different because uh, example
0: of uh, Parachi a lot yeah. actually because it's so dry with a lot of minerality it's right by the coast it's yeah. so different from more inland produced cachaça. So the, the cachaças from Paraíba
1: in the north northeast region they are very tougher cachaça because the region is dry and tough mm-hmm. a very hot, the soil is very dry and poor, and so the, ca- the sugar cane suffers a lot. So but And so the, the acidity in the cachaça is a little higher than a cachaça from Rio Janeiro, for instance. And yeah. the, this kind of in- influence, we had it.
3: Yeah. What's up? You got a question? Yeah, no, I mean, this was a fantastic... Fantastic seminar, but my question is, do they practice blending of different like strands of sugarcane juice to create a cachaça blend? Uh,
1: it's not, It's common. Uh, some producers uh, use more than one uh, sugarcane variety to, to extend the harvest. Because we have species that uh, they will harvest in the initial of the, the harvest. Some species they you cut in the middle season, and some species they you extend. They will extend the cut for the end of the season. But uh, normally they don't mix right. the the species for uh, the to fermentation. They. Just mix the final spirit of each of one fermentation.
0: That's correct. That's that's what we do with Avoir. We have five types of cane and they're mm-hmm. harvested and they're planted in different places and harvested at different times through the cycle for kind of maximum yield on that. Um, but yeah, that it is very much a common practice, but but we still distill them only individually, yeah. right? So they don't end up getting blended in the end. Uh, one more question because we have you. What's your take on, on toasting and charring? Uh, a lot of what
1: we actually uh, learn about toast and charring, the, the barrels, uh, is when we started to import uh, American oak barrels uh, from the major companies of barrels like ISC and others. And I think that some woods have a very interesting profile when you toast it. Amburana is one of them. Uh, I showed the chart. That when you toast the barrel, uh, you, we grow uh, a an scent and aroma of tobacco that's not present in the, the barrel without toast. Yeah, and we're starting to do this with there's some woods like ipe, ipe. And oh. when you toast it, it no, it's a very, yeah, uh, uh, okay. aromas of orange and and yellow fruits. And the putumuju, when we toasted, it, it's like strawberry, it's a very strong uh, scent and predominant scent of strawberry. It's very interesting. I, I, uh, i i i like a lot to use toast and char.
0: yeah it's, it's interesting, so kacha our master distiller doesn't want it, doesn't like it she's very traditional, no yeah. toasting totally no charring. maybe we'll convince her to experiment <laughs> but we'll see but yeah it's it's a newer phenomenon yeah. with the native woods and it's 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 interesting to see the difference again like you you taste the range of all these different things but but man, this has been great um Let me just tell you guys about the next session. So we're going to the Batch Cave with Carly Gaskin, sponsored by Plantation. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Mauricio, thank you for joining us. It was so good. Questions were great. Really fun to have you, man. Thank you. It was great to to be here. Uh, Hopefully I'll see you in Sampa soon, or you'll come up here. I hope so. All right. Ciao.